Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Confabulation. I am your host, Joy, and we are um, filming out of our sister's house on the north end of Tacoma. Our sister's house provides education, advocacy, and support for victims of domestic violence. So we had this great idea of um, film, of bringing different ethnicities together to talk about white supremacy and how it impacts us as minorities. So we're calling this little series the Minority Report. And I'm gonna have my co-hosts introduce themselves. And we also have a special guest on here and I'm going to let her introduce herself. We are really excited. This is our first episode. Um, let us know how you guys are liking this series and if you guys have any suggestions on who we should bring on, don't forget to leave that in the comments down below. I follow Maddie on Instagram um, and I had seen one of her videos um, and she posts a lot about, you know, whatever from makeup tutorials to um, a lot of so really important like social issues that are going on. Like even during the Black Lives Matter movement, I saw Maddie posting a lot of stuff about that, and really, you know, spreading awareness. And, you know, I just appreciated that. Um, and then after, you know, all this stuff, what happened in Georgia and coming out of COVID and everything like that, um, that really spurred kind of this Asian movement. And Maddie, with you being Asian and your background, um, I just kind of want to hear from you, you know, growing up, what has your you know, experience been like as an Asian American? Yeah, so, I mean, as you were saying, I posted a video because um, I have a YouTube channel and it was just about how to be um, an ally to the Asian community. And it's kind of funny because I was telling you a little bit over email. I was actually adopted. So I'm a Korean American adoptee. Um, I was raised in a very rural town in San Diego. Um, and it was pretty much only white people. I actually looked at the demographics yesterday and it was 1.82% Asian. So um, if you do the math, that's only like 250 Asian people in a town. So that's a little bit crazy. Um, my mom is Caucasian and my, my dad is Filipino. So growing up, I always knew I was different. I actually didn't really know I was Asian until I was like, you know, like a, a kid, like when people would like make fun of me, I was kind of like, why? And then I realized it was, you know, cause I was different and I feel like kids were a lot meaner, um, than like when I was a, a teenager or whatever growing up because um kids say things and have no filter whereas you know teenagers say things out of like spite or just to be mean um but yeah growing up as an Asian American it was is that was that your question I'm so sorry I just had yeah. like Okay. Yeah. Just whatever. Just your experience. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was kind of weird because I I feel very lucky and fortunate to have been in the situation that I was because I was adopted and I had a family, you know, that um, was always telling me to embrace my you know na my nationality and it was it was interesting and cool to be Asian and because I was different. Um, so I really embraced it a lot growing up. But when I did get made fun of, of course, like being called like just mean slurs or being told because I look different. It was just, it was really hard because I really thought that I was beautiful and I, I, I still do. So it was kind of like a weird thing because I was told that I was just so different, even though I, I've had so much confidence myself. So yeah, it's a sensitive subject. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's a sensitive subject for, I think just by and large, um, all people of color. Um, and I think we share that same experience growing up. Um, you know, kids making fun of you in general, because you're kids, but mm -hmm. that extra added layer of white kids making fun of you um, in a race, in a racial, with racial overtones and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's very hurtful. It's very painful. Um, and so um, I just, I was kind of interested, Maddie, if you knew um, anything about the history of Asian Americans, um, especially when right after or during World War II, when there were, you know, the um, internment camps here and whatnot. Um, I know a bit about it, but I was wondering if you knew anything 
um, about that situation and how that plays into um, for Asian Americans plays into their how they view um, white America. Yeah, um, I th- that's a really good question. I think honestly, it, it goes back even before that, like to like the Chinese Exclusion Act, right. um, which was a really long time when you really think about it. I don't know the exact dates, um, but there was like another law that was put in place to even extend the Chinese Exclusion Act, um, which is when Chinese immigrants were like not allowed to come into the United States anymore after they were allowed to originally for um, labor reasons, um, and so that was kind of a part of I actually read about and there's a PBS American history documentary series that's really 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 amazing um if you ever wanted to check that out and like get more information on actual the actual history of Asian Americans um but they were pretty much saying from the Chinese Exclusion Act like the re- a, a big reason why is because they the the I, I feel awkward saying like this kind of thing because it's like I've always been raised like you know like don't see color like blah 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 but like the white people were like we we want our, our race to be pure and like so they were like they were like a big reason is there was just they thought too many were there and that they were gonna start you know like procreating and then that was like just a whole thing and then of course when World War II happened when um, Japanese people were seen as the enemy and they weren't really sure like who on American soil was an enemy or an American citizen and they were put into internment camps and it's crazy because we go to the Puyallup Fair and that was a a literal internment camp so it's it's just very bizarre and weird because you're going to the fair to have fun but then you have to really think about all the history you know from from just being there it's like it's really weird and like a huge thing with um the Japanese internment camps that really stuck out to me was that there were still Japanese soldiers fighting for America while their families were locked up here which is absurd to me and I think that's just like so messed up and there's just so many things wrong with the foundation of America that I could literally go on and on and on and on about (laughs) that's funny you mentioned that because um that one of the things you know Jim Crow was still going on and there were black soldiers fighting in the war Mm -hmm. Um, and they were segregated from all the um, white soldiers but same thing with Asian Americans you know you you're in internment camps, but yet you have Asian Americans um, fighting in the war. It just boggles the mind sometimes how white supremacy um, really works and the divide and conquer factor, <laughs> you know, which which is what we were, you know, Gabe and Joy and I were discussing this the other day, you know, how we're, we're all so divided, but the same goal is to rid ourselves of white supremacy and all the negativity that goes with that and it you know um how white supremacy and how it facilitates and navigates things has always been to divide and conquer all of us so that we 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 won't have a common goal because if we did there you know we could we could pretty much overcome a lot of um of the white supremacy in this country if we were all to come together so. Yeah, there was something that you had said on your podcast about um, when you were talking about the events in, in Atlanta um, that like really resonated with me. It was, um, I don't remember who had said it, but um, about it's, it's not us, like it's not people of color that should be, you know, fighting for white supremacy to, to like not be a thing. And I don't think racism will ever go away but like it is up to white people to stand up and 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 shift their ideas and right it's it's just yeah yeah because it's not our it's it's not up to us to end racism it's up to uh those that created it and facilitate it uh, to end it but of course that's not going to happen if we don't you know do something because (laughs) You know, that that in of itself is power and control, just like in a DV situation, you know, and who wants to give up power and control? What reason would you give up power and control when you had it for so, so long um, and it benefits you? So, yeah. 
I was talking to my mom uh, earlier because um, I'm a quarter Japanese and I don't look it, um, but my grandparents, you know, they were all, you know, growing up, they lived in Hawaii. Um, and right after Pearl Harbor, you know, that's when it was really bad for them. Um, like a lot of similarities, you know, to what was happening to African-Americans, like Asians, they were told to be put at the back of the bus or um, they were, you know, told they can't shop here you know, because you're Japanese or you're Asian or whatever. Um, so, you know, a lot of similarities, you know, especially, you know, after the war in Pearl Harbor, you know, you know, with Asian people, there was, that was all going on. Um, and my, like, similar to you, like my grandpa, he was, he was white, Irish, and then my grandma um, was Okinawan. So um, on his, on my father's side, on my grandpa's side, like, they got really mad when he, you know, married into, you know, an Asian family. And then also on my grandma's side, they were really mad that he married into mm. a white family. So it's kind of similar to you, like you said, your dad was Filipino and then your mom was white. Um, you know, like growing up, like, did you, like, was it hard for you to like get a sense of like your identity, you know, as in, you know, Korean American or um, what was that kind of like living in like a white household mixed with the Filipino household? It's, it's really funny that you bring that up because, um, Actually, since this whole role recently, COVID has kind of made me really think about like who I am as a person, what I want to do, what my life is, because it really just spun everything upside down. And then um, I remember getting a lot of racial slurs, like, and, and just like really weird comments, like when COVID happened. And I really was thinking to myself, like, I don't even know, like my Asian, like my Filipino side of my family. And I, I, I don't think... I've ever really met them as an adult or even as a teenager. Um, and so I asked my mom about it the other day. I was like, why don't I know like dad's side of the family? Why are we only always, cause I was also raised Jewish. Um, so I was like, why do I only know that side of the family? And it was really weird. And I, I thought, well, was my dad like ashamed or does my dad like not want me to like, you know, meet the Asian side of the family. But it turns out that he just has kind of like an estranged relationship because he married a divorced white woman. Um, and there's a lot of stigma behind that, that I did not even realize, um, from a lot of older generations of, um, immigrants. And I've just been learning a lot about it. And it's really interesting because I was raised in a household to just be me and be who I am and like literally not see color, which is super almost worse than being told, that they're like teaching me as a child, that there are other, there are different ethnicities and everything because I was just completely blind to it. And I had to kind of learn on my own um, to who to like, how to be an ally, you know? Cause like when, when I'm bombarded with like, oh, I didn't know that people did, like were committing hate crimes towards other races. That was like shocking to me as a kid. And I wasn't educated on that at, at all. And when it goes back to when we were talking about um, Asian American history, I don't even remember learning about Asian American history and Asian American history, or even, you know, like African American history, like growing up, it was always about, and if we were learning about African American history or Asian American history, it was about being a slave or being put in an internment camp. It was never like the good things about, you know, so I feel like even growing up, we kind of had a skew, I skewed idea, everyone, maybe at least in my hometown, um, on what it was to be a person of color. I feel so, like, yeah. go ahead, Joy. I feel like that was more like United States wide because when I um, immigrated here from Africa, I didn't think racism existed based off of what they taught us in history books. And it's crazy because I was analyzing the history that they taught me in kindergarten versus the history they taught me in high school as a senior. And there's nothing different like about it. They didn't add on to anything. They didn't say, by the way, it got progressively worse. Like, I feel like everything that they teach is like, should be taught in kindergarten and then it gets progressively worse, but they don't do that. It's always like, by the way, white people decided to let you guys in and we decided to love you. And Martin Luther King, like freed the black people and Abraham Lincoln freed the black people. So I think it's, 
it's hard to learn and discover and like look around you and then you do like a whole entire 360 and you look at all your white friends and you're like well damn what you said back then was pretty racist like when you finally get woke and you're like wow I literally didn't know what I was doing and this is a whole entire identity that has been kept away from me so yeah do you ever find yourself or like when you're growing up when you were like being made fun of or whatever did you ever try you know this might be like kind of personal but like try to be more white because I know like my my grandma or my mom even said that she was treated differently whenever she looked kind of Asian or when she dressed nice um, and that people would call her a prostitute because that was, you know, a stereotype, nice looking Asian women are prostitutes. So like, to have you, did you ever catch yourself like trying to act more white or, you know, be more white, you know, growing up or like even recently or now? Honestly, I, like I was saying earlier, I literally thought I was white, like, and, and I hate the term whitewashed because I just, I hate that term. I, I wish that I, I used to say it all the time. And now when I think back about the term whitewashed, it's just so messed up because like, why would I want to be more white? Like I should really want to be who I am, but yeah, for sure. Growing up, I really did try to assimilate to things. Like I remember I loved, I would love to eat sushi and like chicken teriyaki and things like that, that aren't even Korean. And like, people would be like, ew, that's disgusting. And I would be like, oh, so I have to bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to school to like, to make you feel better about what I'm eating. Like, absolutely not. But I would feel hella insecure, like really insecure about it people would tell me my food stank and all this kinds of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, growing up for sure. And then I've always really had my own like sense of style. And, um, I guess like I, this is a total other thing, but like the fetish fetishization of Asians too. Like, I feel like if I'm wearing a bathing suit versus if a white person wearing a bathing suit I'm always going to be like the one that is seen as like the sexy one you know what I mean and it's just like it's just really weird or like even when like um there was this like conversation because I went to a charter high school where they kind of wanted to do um school uniforms and I was like I don't want to wear a school uniform because they're just gonna like you know like people are gonna see it as like a Chinese school girl or something and like that's sad that like, because like, there's a good reason a lot of the times behind um, uniforms, but I was afraid that people were going to just like, even make fun of me more. Yeah. I, you know, I, since I was really, really young, I, I have no idea why, but um, I have always been into all different types of Asian cultures, but my mother used to like, um, international films and the ones we used to get the most or be able to see the most were Chinese um, and Korean and so we used to watch them I used to watch them with my mom all the time like when she was still alive I used to watch Korean soap operas with her <laughs> you know and I just I love I mean I love Japanese culture, Chinese culture, Korean culture, Vietnamese culture. And so as I've, you know, grown and through life, I, I've always, you know, wanted to keep, you know, abreast of um, different, different um, ethnicities. And I always keep going back to Asian cultures. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know why, of course, yes, because I'm African-American, I, I try to, you know, delve myself into African cultures as much as I can too, but I always get kind of swayed over to Asian cultures for some reason <laughs> because of the food and the dress and the traditions, so interesting, so rich and full. And um, I, I just wanted to know, do you, do you really miss, um, having not having that 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 rich culture within your household and how do you how do you kind of deal with that now yeah it's um it's really weird and it's been really hard on me because I've always felt not Asian enough um I've never had Korean barbecue in my whole life um that is so embarrassing to like admit out loud but I've 
I have never had Korean barbecue. I just started watching K-dramas. Like I just started Crash Landing on You or whatever it's called on Netflix. Um, I've been really, really, really interested in my own culture lately um, because of not really what's, well, because of what's going on, I really want to stand with my community and be more educated. Um, But from like a pop culture or like a cultural side, um, I've been like, take like I downloaded Duolingo and like I'm trying to learn Korean and like I'm just trying to learn about all other kinds of like Asian culture but I feel I don't want to say that like my my parents necessarily did a disservice to me by not really introducing me to Asian culture but it's definitely interesting and I think I try to look at things with the really positive light but at least now I can learn on my own and I can like figure out my identity on my own terms and not have any sort of like preconceived idea of what I should be um I know who I am as a human being and as an adult now I think it's a really good time for myself now to dive into my Korean culture because I am American first um like I wasn't born in Korea I was born here um it's just my face is Korean um and I am American so it's kind of a weird yeah. thing yeah no I get it <laughs> I think it's kind of what I've been looking at lately is how a lot of um, white kids would make fun of us for our food the way we dress and how different we were, we were and now if you look on TikTok and social media it's like um, lots of kids who fetishize like having Asian eyes or um, wearing like Asian clothes or having like more Asian hairstyles or wanting to move to Asia and it's like we're not accepted here but we're supposed to accept you within our culture when our culture isn't accepted here, but it's acceptable for you to do it, but I can't do it even though that's where I'm from. That has always been really frustrating to me. And a lot of people don't understand why we're like, cultural appropriation is disgusting. And people are like, well, I just appreciate the culture. And it's like, you can't appreciate it until we're appreciated here. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I found that really frustrating, um, especially now because it's highlighted a whole lot more now, like in the um, fashion industry, for instance, it's very, very taken, like a lot of like high fashion designers appropriate lots appropriate lots of cultures, but they'll put white women in their fashion shows before they put the people who actually come from those cultures on the runway. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was this thing with this um, Mahjong game that these Oh, yeah. Did you hear about yeah. that? I, I was on Clubhouse for hours, like literally hours listening to just people talk about that and like just debate back and forth. Like, are people being too sensitive? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, why would like that is a very that is literally the definition of like cultural appropriation. Like, that's yeah. a very traditional game that they literally put a white spin on. They charge. What was it like? 500 or like it was really expensive it was really expensive really 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 expensive and I was just shook I was like that is absurd and like just but I yeah I think because there's two I correct me if I'm wrong or if anyone knows but I think mahjong originated in China correct and then I don't know how how Jewish people got a hold of mahjong but there's a different version of mahjong in the in the Jewish community as well, but I know it originated um, um, in China or or um, in Asian cultures. Um, that that has always boggled my mind. Like, how did Jewish people get hold of mahjong? I don't I don't get that one. But I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it's funny how culture is appropriated. Um, and then it just becomes part of that other culture, um, and it, and it never even started there. And 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 no no props are ever given to the culture that really started it. If it was like an American adaptation of mahjong, I think people would have taken that a lot better. But they just labeled it straight as like they being... came up with it, they created yeah. it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mahjong has been around for centuries, 
centuries 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 and that's what pisses me off about like white tourism because they'll go and they'll discover something and they'll just like rape and pillage it but then again that's like what their history is all based upon that's in their blood that's all they know how to do so I guess I shouldn't be quite so shocked (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so you spoke a little bit about how especially during like the um when COVID has happened how you've been affected um by COVID and is is can you tie that back to like Donald Trump and his presidency did he really like stir that pot or like edge it forward because a lot of people are like no it's because and I'm like no he literally speaks about it still and refers to it as a China virus. And I think that's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I have a lot. I, I wish, oh my gosh, that the past administration was absolutely just a huge catalyst for all of the, the racism in America. Like it finally gave white people a reason to publicly say these things. And it's just, it's crazy to me because the, the cop that said like, Oh, when the, uh, in Atlanta, when the um, shooting happened and and he was like, Oh, you just had a bad day, which is like bullshit to me. And like, there's no way that like, he just had a, a bad day. Like you don't just shoot people when you have a bad day, you know, like you would request an appointment with your therapist or take a nap, you know, like what the heck. Um, but the the cop, like he was like someone on social media found out that he was like selling shirts that were like COVID sent from like imported from China or something like that. And like yes. the rhetoric that Donald Trump used and just like his sheer like okayness with just being that vulgar, like let people know that that was okay. Like he set a standard for the country that just to just think this way is okay. And it's okay here. And I have friends in Australia and friends that live in other countries that were like, I don't want to go to America. Like you guys are scary. Like people are storming your capital. Like people are literally killing people on the streets. And it's like, yeah, wait, uh, it was a wake up call. I was like, oh my God, this is like turmoil here right now. For Yeah. We keep saying we're number one, but we're number like 1000, if anything, like we have yeah. nothing here. <laughs> I think. I think a lot of the problem is that white people have been in power and in control so long. This country was built on racism, you know, but they've been in power so long that now that they're starting to see that their power is slipping away, like their control is slipping away that that they're getting really nervous about it it's like you know uh oh we can't let that happen no we can't let you know latinos and blacks and asians take over this country because it won't be america anymore and it won't be ours anymore kind of rhetoric that keeps you know perpetuating all this stuff the fear of um losing control i think is very hard for a lot of white people to digest yeah yeah it's really sad when you when I just listen to you I'm like that's really sad because I know like my my even my mom and my dad like because my parents my mom's family um came here too after like the holocaust and and my dad's family immigrated here as well so people come to America for a better life and they think that they're going to get this American dream and then they come in and like, I can't imagine how, like, the Chinese people felt when, like, the Exclusion Act was coming because they were probably so excited to come to America for a better life. And then all of a sudden they're told, you, 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 like, no, none of your family can come back. And if you were deported, you can't come back after. Sorry, like, you lost your citizenship. Or or the internment camp. Like, imagine being, like, put in an internment camp and then the war, they're like, oh, J- JK. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, that's just, it's so, it's sad to me that, like, it's like, why... It, it makes no sense. Like, I don't understand. Well, I mean, you know, it's everything's for a purpose. You know, uh, slaves, black slaves were bought, brought here for a purpose. 
the Chinese were brought here for a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, like that, the, to help build the railroad, you know, and then um, once the railroad was finished, it was more like, well, we don't need you here anymore. And the ones that are here, that's enough. No, we don't need any more of you coming in here kind of thing, you know. Um, and and so I think every, this racist society, if, we're only, we only serve, as long as we serve a purpose and it, and it benefits um, that power dynamic for white people, as long as we serve a purpose and we're still serving it, then we're fine. But the moment we stop serving that purpose and we're here, it's go back to where you came from. We don't need, you know, it's that, you know, it's, we're being used for a purpose and as soon as that's gone um, and they no longer have any use for us, we're just a burden on on society and we don't need to be here and this isn't your country and whatnot, um, which I find very interesting because the indigenous people here, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what was the purpose for white Europeans coming <laughs> here? What was your purpose, you know? to, 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 um, you know, once you got here, I understand why you came here, but once you got here, what, what was the purpose? It was just to conquer and, 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 and create divisiveness just for greed, you know, for land and resources and whatnot. Yeah. I think that goes back to what you were saying about power too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, kind of, um, most people of color are from collective um, um, kind of um, structures, you know, social structures. Um, and Europeans never were really collective. They were always more individualistic. Um, and so I think the clash of that is really interesting too um, when it comes to race, the, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, the racist society that we live in. Mm-hmm. I know Asian cultures are extremely collective. Yeah. Do you kind of sense like, so like in Asian countries, there's like a lot of dissension, like between each other, like between Koreans or Japanese people or Chinese people. And, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but like coming to America, it's kind of like a melting pot. Do you see more people, you know, Asian people when they come here, are they sticking together or are they, you know, kind of in their own, you know, groups, whether it's like Filipinos together or Chinese people together? Um, or do you think with a younger generation that they're kind of more welcoming, you know, to all people or what, what have you kind of seen or experienced? I can't, I, I just only know because me being a younger generation, I, I feel like personally that we like like I haven't really met any Asian people until I like went to college and then I still didn't really identify with them at all because I like joined a sorority and then I ended up in a situation again where all my friends were white and then it wasn't until recently when I started wanting to meet more Asian people just to like get more close to my own culture and stuff like that but when you cut when you said about like the older generations and, and like different people from different Asian backgrounds like I definitely can like see it even in like like I was watching Nora from Queens it's like a show on HBO and there's like a really funny scene where the Chinese grandmother was they were in Atlantic City and they were like with their little friend group and then there was like a table of Koreans and they were like fighting over a phone charger and they literally got into like a race war and it was kind of like because that show kind of like brings a modern day spin on things that have happened in history because there's like three generations of um, a Chinese and Korean family. But it's really funny because I have noticed that there is a big disconnect between like Southeast Asian people. And honestly, I'm so, I don't like the Southeast Asian people. And then there's like the other the Asian people. And even like when you break it down even farther into because Asia is huge like my friend was telling me the other day she's like I'm Filipino but like am I Asian like she's like I don't even know because there's so much disconnect between like who is Asian and who is not because I feel like people do kind of get in these clumps where they're only with their own 
ethnicity. Yeah, like even me being Russian, you know, that's still part of, technically it is Asia, but Asia. it's also like part of Europe too. Um, so it's just kind of weird. But, you know, I definitely see a lot of people though, like lump together Asian groups, like not even recognize like differences between, you know, Koreans or somebody who's Japanese. So like, I was wondering if you could like kind of talk about like what the problem, you know, with that is. I think it kind of brings into the stereotype that all Asians are like the same, um, which is like not true at all. Um, and I, when, when you when I saw that question on the topic list, I really was trying to think into it because I don't really have a, a lot of like background on that at all, but like I wish I did know more and I'm still really learning about Asian culture and just Asian history and but it just I think it's just bad because like we are we're not the same you know like people always like would always call me like a chink or whatever and it's like well I'm not Chinese like you know like and it's just it's I think it can be harmful because I don't even know I, I can't even think of like it's just it's no one wants to be you know clumped as as the same it'd be like if someone just looked at you and was like oh like Gabe's just a white person but you're not at all like you just said you're Russian and Japanese so it's it's kind of one and the same in terms of like people should hold some sort of like pride and in their own identity and if it's just kind of seen as one big conglomerate you're just an Asian like that's you just kind of lose your identity I'm so I like I really don't really know about that. I feel like yeah. it's kind of the um, stereotypes that are perpetuated upon Asian the Asian American population and how um, that strips them away of like their identity. Yeah. Because I know lots of like like this the Hispanic, um, Latino, Mexican, Dominican. A lot of people lump that group up within their own categories and they get so mad if you mistake their ethnicity and they'll be like no I'm this and it's like okay what are your differences because a lot of them we don't know about them because of the stereotypes that white supremacy has once again perpetuated upon um, a lot of the groups a lot of the P uh, POC groups so it's hard um, it's it's annoying because it's like, this is me individually. If you come into my family, if you come into my home, if you go to my country, we are different than this group. And I would like for that individuality to stand out. And it's frustrating when we can't stand out because we have to fight the, the stereotypes that are constantly um, fed to us. Because yeah. with you being African joy, like there's a lot of differences someone calling you, you're not just an African-American, like you're African and there's like a lot of differences between those two and that's, you're not recognizing, you know, those differences. It's so, different. yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, and when I was younger and I went to school, um, the middle school I went to was just integrating and um, they, it was all white. Um, but one year they decided to integrate. So then there were, you know, there were a number of black, uh, black students and there were, there were some Asian students, there were less, less than the, than the black population there. But I remember a lot of white kids, yeah, calling Asians chinks and well, you know, and they were calling us stuff too, but you know, like, they look alike, they all look alike, you can't tell the difference. And I, that was when I started really thinking to myself, um, you know, I don't, I look at different Asian cultures, people from different Asian cultures, and they look nothing alike at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you, it's like, it's like saying, well, all black people look alike. No, they don't. There's all different types of phenotypes with um, with people in all different black diasporas, African diasporas, you know, same thing goes with Asians. And I'm just wondering if, you know, cause you had, you had said something about it a few minutes ago. Like, do you ever, you know, have, do you have friends that say things like that out of ignorance? Just 
kind of because they're ignorant, not friends, but acquaintances, or if you've been in a job and people say stuff like that, or at your school and people say stuff like that, like, you know, what, how do you react to that? I used to always just like ignore it because it was just something that was like, I was so used to, like, I absolutely hate when people ask me, what kind of Asian are you? Oh my God. Um, That is like the, like my least favorite question. Like, it's just like, and, and a lot of people don't know what's wrong with that question. And even sometimes when I'm trying to explain it to people, I'm like, it's just, it's like, see, like, I, it just makes me speechless. I'm like, I'm Korean. Thank you for asking. Like, um I'd much rather you know someone ask me where are you from and then me explain to them you know like I'm actually from America but like I'm Korean you know then be like what kind of Asian are you and like or or people just generalizing in general like people would always be like oh like that Chinese girl over there like you know or like or that or are you Japanese or, or I hate when people try to like some people like you obviously know the vibes of some people versus others but like it'd be different if like an older white man came up to you and was like are you Korean like it's like okay yeah you're weird like you know like why did you know that like just from looking at me versus mm-hmm. someone who is actually seems cultured and is like oh my god like are you you have a lot of Korean traits like are you Korean like and I don't even know honestly I really wanted to do like a 23 in me because I feel like I really want to know like exactly what I am but like it, yeah the whole like generalization and, and people just being so like oh they all look the same or it's just, it's annoying. And I can't really speak on it too much just because like, I, I, like I said, I was pretty lucky, like growing up, I pretty much have like, (laughs) kind of like forgot all about it, just, which is probably not good, but like, it's just, it's so ingrained in my brain, these questions that it's just finally, I'm like figuring out which things are annoying when I, when like it's, as it's happening, but people are, luckily are kind of more cognizant about like what they ask me um but before people would just say whatever was on their mind yeah like I've been um asked um well what are you what do you mean what am I you know or you know because my there's members of my family who have all different ethnicities in them you know and they get asked the same thing well what are you you kind of look like this it's just the nerve of people to even do that. That really trips me out. Like, um, you know, like I'll, what, you want me to walk up to you and white know, well, what are you? I'm white, of course. You know, kind of attitude, like, can't you tell? You know, kind of attitude. I've thrown that back on white people, quite frankly, a lot. When I just, when I'm asked, I'm like, well, what are you? <laughs> you know? And then they just get flustered because they can't, you know, for them, it's just because they're, you know, they're used to being so superior that, you know, can't you tell I'm white, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hate when people like ask me like why my English is so good or, oh my or, or oh when, my I, God. <laughs> when I, when I like speak to someone for the first time and they're like, oh, like surprise, like shocked that I am like an English speaking person because I look Asian. Like that's actually one, like another thing that really just gets me is like when people are like, I will speak a, a, a sentence in English and they're like, what are you? Like, wh- like what, what, what? what? how long have you been in America yeah like as if like I like came like I'm like dude I'm 25 like I was born here like yeah I'm American I was born here I think what's really um interesting is when you where I grew up whenever I would generalize white people they would be like I'm not just white I'm Irish Scottish blah 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 and I was like okay but you guys want to be individualized but you want to group everyone else together like that made no sense to me you've done that to me joy before yeah when I first met you 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 assumed a lot of things (laughs) but also there's like the stereotype that your Asians are really smart or like you're always really good at homework too like that that's also really hurtful and that's like showing up in the education system like with colleges and Harvard like it's almost better not to put on that you're Asian or else you get lumped in with those statistics of being getting those higher grades or higher SAT scores like that's another thing that 
might not seem hurtful like on the surface, but actually is. Yeah. yeah. Microaggressions are like something I'm really like passionate about just kind of like getting just out of people's brains, like like from being called a bad driver, because that obviously stems from Asian people having, you know, slanted eyes that we can't see as as good, like, or like, even when I wear glasses, people are like, oh, like, do you wear glasses because you can't like see as, as well as, oh as white people? I'm like, no, it's because I'm literally probably going blind from staring at screens all day. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, um, like, it's just so weird. Or there's just so many things like I absolutely and I hate Trader Joe's because of like, I could go on for so many years about why I don't like Trader Joe's um, and what they perpetuate. But like, um, there was this thing where they um, named their, their um, ethnic foods, like after different names, because like Joe Schmo kind of thing. And it was like Trader Ming's or Trader Giotto's and Trader Jose's. And um, for me, that was a huge microaggression because what they said and they thought they were doing something, they were like, well, it's a cute nod. It's like, it's being diverse. And it's like, no, because if you're putting Trader Ming's on a Japanese food, like Ming clearly stems from the Ming dynasty and that like, it's just, it's wrong. And they, Trader Joe's literally sent out a statement where they were like, well, we're not sorry because we think it's cute what yeah, I saw that no yeah I did see that, that and yeah. oof, I could go on. and then if you really look into Trader Joe's and like their whole background um it leads back to like colonization because Trader Joe's is ba- like the idea behind Trader Joe's is trading and if you look into the history they said they based it off of this book and I, I really can't remember the name of the book because they actually took that quote off the website um but I have a YouTube video about it too which if you read the comments on there, that is truly white supremacy because someone called me racist for being called Maddie for being Asian because I have a white name. Like, it's just, people are just very ignorant and it's just, it it just shows. And and it's, yeah, I, Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's gets me heated. Like, I really, I get so mad when I think about it and I like, I don't shop there anymore and like ugh. I've never shopped there. I think I shopped at Trader Joe's one time. I've been to Trader Joe's one time. That was it. A lot of those like high-end um Whole Foods, like all yeah. those type of stores, like the Metropolitan Market. If you go there, it's literally just like an aisle of cultural appropriation. Like um when we went to Metropolitan Market, um, we have this uh st- soup in Africa and it's like peanut stew or whatever. And I went there and there's like literally a package and it was like African peanut stew, like soup. And I was like, this isn't even how we make it. Like this doesn't even look anything like how we make it. And like this white person, like, this is so good. It's the best (laughs) soup I've ever had. And I was like, oh, like this, like it disgusts me. And you'll see like, you'll just see an array of different ethnic foods that aren't even like made right and just completely culturally appropriated in these high end. Like Like boutique grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, look back in history and they, you know, uh, that has been done over and over again with Aunt Jemima and Mm -hmm. Uncle Ben and um, all, all, all those, you know, tropes that white people come up with and use to sell and market and make money. It's just mm-hmm. beyond, and I, then they just got rid of, um, I think they just got rid of like last year, or the year before um, Uncle Ben's rice and the picture of Uncle Ben on there. And I don't know what they've been doing about Aunt Jemima. Lately. She got, she she got canceled. Food. Yeah. yeah, it's on TikTok. <laughs> the crazy thing yeah. is, like, re- Republicans are like, "I'm gonna go to the um the store and get all the Aunt Jemima brand off the shelf before they cancel it for good." And it's like, you guys are collecting racist trophies. Like, yeah. we we want we want your stuff. We just don't want you. Yeah, like, yeah. We have, well, but that isn't that the the true <laughs> meaning of cultural appropriation, right? We want your stuff. Let's go. Let's go colonize your um, your country and take your stuff. 
We just don't want you unless you're doing something for us. Like, uh, you know, watching our kids, cooking our food, uh, you know, um, in the field, building a railroad. Otherwise, we just don't want you, you know, but we want your stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's why they tell us to go back to where we came from. It's because we now want rights. As soon as we start asking for rights, for us to be seen as human beings and for us to have the same equal playing field as their kids, it's suddenly go back to where you came from. I can't go back to where I came from. You raped and pillaged that like whole entire country. There's nothing there left for me. You took, you brought everything here. And that's what's really frustrating. Yeah. And the sad thing is like it all white supremacy, it all trickles down and it divides, you know, minorities like uh, like a lot of tension, especially between the black community and the Asian community. You know, those stereotypes of black people going into, say, like an Asian nail salon or, um, you know, a makeup store or whatever. And those Asian people are looking at them like they're going to steal. Um, so there is a lot of, you know, stereotypes that are perpetuated, you know, by Asians to Black people and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but at like the end of the day, that all kind of just is a trickle down effect from white supremacy. But um, I was just kind of wondering if you could kind of, you know, speak on that, like, you know, you see those tensions, like I've seen it like on Twitter, um, you know, with Black Lives Matter, a lot of people were saying, you know, the Asian community, you guys didn't have our back. Why should we have yours? Um, so like, I was wondering if you could like speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I would, this, oh my gosh. So the, I think like the, the model myth, model minority myth has a lot, a lot, a lot to do with this in my personal opinion, because at least for Asian Americans, um, well duh, but, um, (laughs) like, when people when the asian like when asian people were granted you know this whole like being the model minority um and given kind of a lot of leeway into like what kind of jobs they were able to get and and being able to excel and and um it was really sad because like black people were not given that opportunity at all they and if anything they were actually deprived from that and and were held down for a lot of it and it's like they were bringing up Asians and 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 saying like all this great things about them like and then being smart and blah 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 and then so I think that led to a lot of the older generations having a lot of angst towards towards black people and especially like in Koreans when like in Koreans would own stores in like predominantly black neighborhoods because I think it was a lot of the reason was because it was the cost to have a store. There was a lot like more reasonable and that's probably the only place they could buy um, places to have stores and, and like, and stuff like that. But then I don't remember who, what, but like when that little girl was shot when she was buying orange juice by the, the Asian clerk. And like, that was like a, a big deal because they are black people were always seen as like people that were going to like steal from them when like that's literally a generalization it's the same thing that we're saying white people are doing to us that Asian people were doing to black people and it's like there's a huge tension there between Asian people and black people and also like when you like think about like the Latino community too like it's just like we're all kind of pitted against each other because we are held down and like we're not given the same opportunities as everyone else but like when one race is kind of given more and seen as the model minority, that literally will trickle down generational generation. Like I know my dad, like I, I can't even talk to him. Like I had to explain to him that the black lives matter movement was a good thing. Like, like this is good for their community. Like, th- like it's not good, but like, at least like, this is like being talked about now and, and, and they're fighting for this, like it's just like I it's so weird explaining it because it's just like it's really sad that it's 2021 and people are still fighting for their rights and there's still people in 2021 that are people of color that are racist towards other races like it's just like it's really sad to me and it's like it's a a huge thing that I think is is a problem but like I think that's like why solidarity is such an important thing and for like our generation to educate our parents and yeah it's really sad and 
sometimes I feel like I'm educating my parents a lot too. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like you're older, you should have more wisdom on this, but a lot of times they're so set in their views or their ways or whatever that they're not open minded to thinking differently or seeing why this is important. Like I'm, I'm like, obviously I'm black. Like that's the first thing you see, but my grandma, I had to educate her on why black lives matter. So important. She's like, under Jesus's eyes, we're all important. I'm (laughs) like, yes, grandma. I know Jesus loves us all, but the white people don't. And she's (laughs) like, I have a a doctor because she's a nurse. She's like, I have a doctor and I know he hates me, but I'm just really nice to him. And I don't think race has anything to do with it. I'm like, grandma, why does he hate you? Does he talk to everyone else? Is he nice to everyone else? Who do your coworkers look like that he's nice to? Who do your coworkers look like that he's mean to? And she's like, well, they all look like me, but I really don't. I'm like, grandma, yes, that has something like that's a, that plays a big role into why you're being treated like that. And even like when, um, the thing in Atlanta happened and I was talking to her she's like he probably was just ang-. I'm like you can't I was like so if Giovanni because um my cousin's name she was like so if your son went and did that you would think that he was just having a bad day when he's targeted a specific demographic of people you think that's just him having a bad day and she's like well I just and I'm like you and I, I can't even talk to her because it's so frustrating because she sees everything under the guise of the bible and how Jesus is supposed to view things and how we're supposed to forgive and all of that stuff like she plays into that role she's like I'm not black I'm African I'm like that's not the first thing that people see you have to tell them your ethnicity and she was like okay well I guess I understand some of it not all of it and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah yeah no educating like I feel really really passionate about and and I almost feel like at the end of the day, I know that my dad will like love me forever and ever and ever. But like, I've been on, like, I've been trying to figure out ways to have a conversation with him about, about like why, because I still, he still doesn't get it. And I still really want him to, to know that like, because he thinks like, I was having a text conversation with him the other day. And he thinks that the reason why, and I like, I say this, and I'm just repeating what you said, um he thinks that the reason why like black people don't and I quote like or air quote like aren't as successful um as like Asian people or white people is because they don't try as hard and like that has literally been ingrained in his brain because Mm -hmm. of what I believe is the model minority myth you know like they were always told you know like oh well we like I was given the same the same chances and the same like experiences as, as everyone else. So like, why am I the one excelling yet? There's black people out there that are not. And I'm like, no, they were not given the same like opportunities as you at all. Like you have a privilege being Asian, like, you know, like it just, it's, it blows my mind. Like I have to keep explaining that to him all the time that it's, it's, that's not right. Like, and it's so frustrating to me because it's like, I wish my mom, cause my mom is a white woman. I wish she, you know, like she would stand up more in that conversation. But like, I think that if my own dad feels that way, like, I think that that mindset is a really common mindset. And it's something that I get asked all the time, like on my YouTube channel, when I talk about racial inequality, it's always the question of like, well, why do Asians hate black people? And for me, I'm like, well, I'm Asian. I don't hate black people, but like, I can't generalize myself to everyone. Um, But I like, I really do think that like, there's a, there's a big problem with that in general. Like I, I'm pretty passionate about educating just Asians in general that like, they have a huge sense of privilege. Like I'm super behind the stop Asian hate in that movement, but I still feel like this is still, we still need to think about like other things that are a lot bigger like we shouldn't stop thinking about black lives matter because now stop asian hate is you know trending on twitter like and i feel like it's so easy to kind of get into that like cycle um like people are like well what's next like is it gonna be like is someone gonna like do something bad to like the hispanic community and it's like well i hope not but like i don't want this to kind of just be a like a a trend a trend yeah like this is an actual like social issue that I think needs to be talked about not just trending like 
Yeah. I had um, a friend in that lived in Japan for like th over 30 years. And after the tsunami, uh, he moved back to the States. He hadn't been back to the States for in all that 30 years, right? Never came back to visit, nothing. Um, and he's black, he's um, a jazz musician. And he, I was talking to him about it and he was like, if you could see the way that black people are portrayed, at least in Japan, right? Through the media, through um, movies, through TV shows that, um, that are shown on TV and stuff, he said, it, that's part of the problem because they're old. They're not, you know, they're really old and they're full of stereotypes and they're full of um, racist comments and thought process and all this stuff. And he said, but that's the only, um, that's the only, you know, um, chance they have to really engage in, 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 um, in, in an arena with black people and it's not even real, it's on TV, you know? So I think um, a lot of these stereotypes and thought processes are perpetuated through the media, through, um, and through our, our television programming, these TV shows that, you know, it's, it's really, it's damaging, I think, because if you live in a country where there's relatively no black people, and you don't know any black people and all you have to go on is what you see um, through the media, it, that's kind of dangerous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, my yeah. question would be, how can we stand in more solidarity with each other? Because I, we've been discussing this and the only enemy that should be between any of the minorities is white supremacy, but that never seems to be the enemy because even when the um, Save Asian Lives came out, I think it was um, it was either the New York Times or some news article came out with how black people can show up better for um, <laughs> the um, Asian, Asian Americans. And I was like, we're still trying to get rights here. Like we don't have the power to, change any laws or change the way um, white people view Asian Americans. Only people who hold that power is white people. And I and I was like, this, this is a divide that is unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I do really think that it, com it really comes down to like the roots of America. Like that was like the, the, the whole idea of like trying to keep America pure and, and keep white supremacy like like when when you ask the question about you know like how can black people and asian people you know I, I don't even like i don't even know like the first step for me is really like engaging in conversations with my dad because that's the only actual sense of like race like racism i've seen between the two like it's kind of like our generation, I kind of feel like the weight is on our shoulders to like make this huge difference, but like, I don't think this is ever going to go away. So like, what can we do? Yeah. Like I remember um, for high school graduation, I had a friend who was from Thailand and cause we went to an international school and his parents were flying in and we were supposed to be marching buddies. And he was like, we can't march together. And I was like, why not? Like, what's the issue? <laughs> my parents don't like black people and I'm like okay and I was like that this is awkward but I was like I, I understand like I'm not going to put you in that awkward situation or make you take a stance on graduation or whatever but um so I just found another marching partner but I was like wow it's so deeply ingrained that the fact that they're coming from a whole entire other country um and they still don't like someone who doesn't even like live in their country predominantly and I was like this is crazy how far steeped white supremacy is and how global it is yeah yeah, yeah. something I've really had to like think about lately is I was really triggered by the word white supremacy um like I thought it was like I think of like you know the KKK or like crazy crazy things like when I hear the word white supremacy but like 
I actually looked up the like definition. It's literally just like white people feeling superior. And I've really tried to change my verbiage and like actually use words like white supremacy because it is or or even like race like racism like I I feel a little bit tense using that word too like when I when I call people inherently racist like it's 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 just like I have to start using these words because it is what it is you know and like it's really it's it's been hard for me because I don't know I was raised just to be so politically correct and just so like whatever but like now I've realized how important it is to like stand up for like people of color and like that solidarity um and to actually call it what it is racism and white supremacy yeah because if you don't I think that's really really um especially having heard about your background Maddie that's really brave of you and because so many people are so scared to call it what it is you know just to call it out um and and it really is upsetting sometimes to white people they they you know they just they're so jarred by it you know <laughs> the worst the thing white tears them. come in the white fragility yeah. Well, yeah the worst thing to then is to be called a racist and that's so horrible and okay well you've got called what you are you know um and and so i I, I don't know, I'm really, I'm 63 years old. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I have no problem calling out white folks at all. I never have. Um, <laughs> I've gotten into many, many, many um, scuffles because of it. And I've lost jobs because of it. And I've been called everything under the sun because of it. But, you know, you just have to stand up to it, you know, and, and so I, I, I feel really lucky that I'm this old because I'm the generation, probably your dad's even younger than me, I would imagine. But um, I feel really lucky that I was raised in a family that just doesn't deal with that kind of messaging at all. And, um, and I'm really lucky that, um, I was introduced to all different cultures very, very, very young. When I was very, very young, my first boyfriend was Japanese and black. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm, but not a lot of people have those experiences. I, I, I think I'm very privileged in that, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on Confabulation, Maddie. It, I liked having um, this conversation, I feel like a lot more of these conversations need to happen because even throughout this um, hour, I was able to see a lot of similarities between the Asian Americans and African American and how white supremacy has kind of divided and conquered um, both, both um, groups. And I can't wait to continue having this discussion. Once again, um, thank you for watching another episode with, well, listening, not watching, <laughs> listening to another episode of Confabulation. Please let us know what you guys thought about this conversation down below. And if you are open to having these conversations, we do wanna have more um, minorities on here and continue finding ways that we can stand in so um, solidarity and support one another and um, fight white supremacy yeah. together. And Maddie, do you wanna shout out your YouTube channel and your Instagram yeah. page for everybody? Oh yeah, shameless plug. You can find me <laughs> on um, like pretty much all my social medias are at Maddie Villa underscore Maddie with a Y, Villa with two L's, and then my YouTube channel is also Maddie Villa. Yeah, we will definitely tag that in the um, podcast description and our description on um, Instagram. And I'm gonna go follow you as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> um, thank you once again for joining us on Confabulation. If you are a victim of domestic violence or a victim of crime, please make sure to reach out to us. Our advocates are ready to support you whenever. Um, we will catch you on the next episode of Confabulation.